please, Isaiah 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I want to welcome everybody. I always uh, would like to start, because I feel led to do that, with a word for not you here, hopefully, but those that are watching via the internet. And uh, if you don't know, we are on television, in the, uh, from what I'm told, the whole of Africa and uh, part of uh, Europe. So uh, I might not be speaking to you, but I'm speaking to them, and it's very important. It's not about church. It's about people receiving the word. So I want to share with those that are outside about Christ. And if you're here, and if you've not made a decision for Christ, make that decision today. I'm not talking about a half-hearted decision. It's your life. Your whole life. You turn it over to God. And let him have control. Listen to what the scripture says. Matthew chapter 7 uh, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. And there are so many people in the world today that are saying to God, Lord, Lord. And some of them believe he's answering their prayers. Some of them believe they are right with him. But Jesus is warning us so we know exactly how to respond to him. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone. That's scary. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So there is a will that God has for your life. For you to do. And only those who follow diligently... After that will, not the life, but the will of your Father in heaven. You know, life is very short. It's so short. Before you know it's over. We think we have a lot of time, but you don't. Somebody can leave home to work and never return. They didn't know. If they knew, they would have stayed home. That's how life is. And so you don't know when you, are, you will ex- exit this world and have to face the master. I don't want to face Jesus after all he's done and I failed him. That's disaster. Your life was a waste. It was better if you were not born. He says, many will say to me in that day, so there is a day coming. And this is a prophecy that will be fulfilled. You will actually hear people that will say to Jesus, I have been a good person. There are nobody that is good. Read Romans chapter 3. Nobody. You can't be that good on your own to make it to heaven. You have to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's the only way. And not just receiving him, become a follower of his. You can't just receive him and do nothing. No, that's not the case. You have to follow so he makes you a disciple. His follower, a disciple. That's what we are doing with Sunday school. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. And have and done many wonders. In your name. You know, I used to ask myself, God, what is this? You mean people who did wonders in your name still didn't make it? I haven't done wonders. Back then, I used to wonder about that scripture. Many of us are going to heaven, we're doing nothing. You haven't done miracles in his name. You haven't done anything. You just go to church on Sunday morning and you go back home and you expect to go to heaven. I can tell you, based on the words of Jesus, that's not going to happen. He says he will declare to them, depart from me, I never knew you. But this is the solution. In John chapter 1, beginning from verse 10, he was in the world. 
and the word was made by him. The word was made by him. And the word did not know him. You see, you have to know him, the creator. He came to our word. You got to know him. And he says, but as many, I says he came to his own, the Jews, and his own did not receive him. So receiving him is important. Knowing him, receiving him is all you need to do is know him and receive him. Once you do that, what do you mean by receiving? Simple. I receive you and I'm going to follow. That's as simple it is. We make it too complicated. As many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You know, Jesus came into the world to give us true peace. His own peace. So you have in Christ your foundation of peace. Where nothing should bother your heart. I have been there. You know what I've been through. Staring into the face of an expert who is telling me in January you only have at the most three to six months to live. I wasn't bothered by that. And my wife will tell you, I didn't go home and had a sleepless night. I was totally unconcerned about it. And still unconcerned about it today. I had no fear. I didn't understand what was going on much, but it didn't matter to me. I've already said to you, my doctor, actually, she looked at the test results and afterwards was crying for me. You didn't know that. My doctor cried because she thought it was going to be over. But I knew Jesus had given me peace. I knew the master. I told my wife, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying. My work is not over. I'm going to stay. I've seen miracles and I'll see more. It's coming. I really believe that firmly. I understand. I got no fear. And God's healed me. God's healed me. There was never one day that I had an atom of fear. I had no fear at all. Not a fear, not concern. I got to go through whatever it is if God has allowed it. But out of it, I'm going to get better for God because I have my foundation of peace. Jesus lives inside of me and God lives inside of me. I've got no reason to be concerned. The King is with me. The Creator is with me. He is with me. i got no reason to be afraid. I just have to go through. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I shall fear no evil because God is with me. God is with me. That's my foundation of peace. Nobody can take my life or cause me to suffer unless he allows it. And if he allows it, he has his purpose. I don't know. Don't question. I just live. Amen? I live my life. I live my life. You see, the foundation of peace for your life. God told us so many times. It's like trying to encourage you to believe. Because if you believe, he's going to do awesome things in your life. And so he tells you stuff that most people will not say. Why should he have to say those things? Not for his benefit, for your benefit. So you can trust him and know that he is God and that there's nothing that's impossible for him and he can take you from where you are and bring you into a high place. No matter what's going on and can take those confusion and twisted things in your life that you don't understand. You have no idea how to deal with them. But he knows. He is God Almighty. And nothing is impossible with him. 
Nothing is impossible with him. In Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, God says, God is not a man. God is not a man. (laughs) Man is limited with what they can do. Think about it. Today we are dealing with just a virus. But people have been to the moon and back. And they can't handle the virus. They are talking about going to Mars. But can't handle a tiny virus. Now we all have to wear masks. If I wear a mask and I walk into a grocery shop, the guy will call 911 in those days. There's a man with a mask over his face. And they're watching you everywhere you go. But today, it's normal. Wear your mask. He can deal with the virus. God is not a man. He can handle it. God is not a man that he should lie. God doesn't lie. So when God gives a word, he has a mind to fulfill it. And it will be fulfilled. There's only one requirement. Do you believe it? And if after you believe it, the next step is obedience. Sometimes when we talk about obedience, we're thinking, oh, we have to not sin. No, when Jesus said to Peter, come and walk on water with me, all he had, he had the word, he believed the word, and his obedience was to step out of the boat. Amen? Step out of the boat. When God tells you to do something, God's not lying to you. He meant it. And you can do it if he says you can. And that's what the word is saying here. God is not a man that he should lie. He cannot lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. In other words, go back on his word. I'm sorry, I, I really don't, I can't do what I said I could have. These circumstances are coming to him. God doesn't have no circumstances. These circumstances have come into my life. At the time I made this promise, I didn't know that I was going to be in this condition uh, next time. God has no next time. When he says it, he has all the ability to fulfill his word. And he will fulfill his word. He only requires one thing. Believe that word and act on that word. Once you believe the word and you act on it, the fear goes. You may not receive immediately, just like the Bible says, they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. It doesn't say they will recover instantly. They shall recover, meaning there could be time. But what Christians do, if it doesn't work right away, <laughs> unbelief sets in. They are what I call unbelieving believers. God is not a man that he should lie. If he has said something, he will do it. If he has spoken, he will make his word good. A man may not make his word good. Maybe you've been disappointed in your life. Maybe you've been abused. People said things to you and all of that. God doesn't do that. God will take care of you. Amen. Can I hear it? Amen. God will take care of you. You know, I was singing as we were listening. God was speaking to my heart. I wish my people would know how much I love them. I wish these people would know how much God values your life. How valuable your life is. That little life that you have. Which the Bible calls this little light. You know, those people saying this little light of mine. I don't call it a little light. You, Jesus said you are the light of the world. You are that important to him. As a Christian, those of us that have received him, we are the light of the world. The world would be in darkness without you. How valuable are you to God? Because God doesn't want the world to be in darkness. You just see yourself as nobody. But you have accepted Christ into your life. And if you have accepted him and received him, he lives inside of you. There's got to be a change in the way you think about yourself. Otherwise, you insult God. 
Because you're thinking less of yourself than he thinks of you. Two cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. When you agree with God, things change. Things are going to change for the Ark Fellowship. Can I hear an amen? amen? Things are going to change for your life. Things will change in your family. Great things are coming. Because we're asking. Amen? We're asking. Psalm 138, my wife alluded to it. Summary of that. God values his word above all his name. Every name. I'm not going to read that scripture. It says God honors his word more than all of the names. But then in Genesis, he says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord, your God, in what? In vain. And yet, God values his word more than his name. You sin when you take his name in vain. But God says, that's even little compared to my word. He values his word. When he tells you something, that should be your foundation of peace. Settled. Settled. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will find rest to your soul. You know what the soul is? Your emotions. Your emotions. You know where, where fear is? In your emotions as well. You have rest for your soul. So you got nothing to fear. I've got God with me. I remember a story. There was a woman that had a handbag. And this guy wanted to steal from her. And was running towards her. And uh, this was a Pentecostal woman. And the woman stretched her hand towards this uh, gone fellow. And started yelling in tongues. And speaking to her and rebuking. The guy turned around and swooped. He was gone. She had no fear. She had no fear. No fear. You got peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Peace. He was living for heaven. And then he left his peace here. And then he says, peace I give to you. Not like the world gives. Where they only have peace in the moment where they have no troubles. In their mind. Until the next day and they hear of something. That comes through the mail. And everything is changed for them. But you're supposed to have your peace. Why? Because God is in your life. And he knows exactly what you're going through. And he will help you. Hey, I say that again. He will what? Help you. He will help you. He sees, he knows everything about you. The words you say. Every word you've spoken. They're up there. That's how valuable God is. God values your life. How valuable your life is to God. He cares so much about you. You need to understand that. There's nothing that can destroy you without him. He even tells us, there's not even, a sparrow does not fall from the sky unless he gives the permission. And then he tells you, you are more what? Valuable than this. Don't think of yourself as a nobody because God thinks of you as a somebody. Hallelujah. And the devil also knows you are a somebody. But when he sees you walking timidly now, uh, 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 Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Come boldly to the throne of grace. Not timidly. If you go to the throne of grace timidly, you will walk towards the devil timidly as well. And when he sees you walking timidly towards him, he says, we got him now. We got him. We're going to whip him real good. He doesn't know what he has. But when he sees you coming from the throne room, bold, he says, here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? We don't believe that if we know that God is the foundation of our peace. And we know that God is with us. Jesus said, 
I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. If that's true, I carry Jesus everywhere I go. Are you going to threaten Jesus? Are you kidding? After he's been raised from the dead, that was before he died. After he's raised from the dead, and that's how he's living in me, the one that was raised from the dead, you're going to kill him again? He lives in me. My life is his life. I walk in him. Because that's what is true. God is not a man that he should lie. When Jesus said he's in you, he is there in you. You carry him everywhere you go. And the world should notice. You know, one time God was telling me this. He said, did you notice in the scripture, everywhere Jesus went, they got multitudes. <laughs> Amen. You got, and we're going to have multitudes. Everywhere Jesus was. So I said, Jesus, would you please show yourself up? The multitudes will come. Everywhere. Sometimes you can't even get to him. Amen. And when he's done something in your life, if you remember uh, uh, Lazarus, after Lazarus was raised from the dead and Jesus was staying in the home at the time, the people came not just to see Jesus, they want to see Lazarus as well. (laughs) I want to be just like Lazarus. Amen. I was dead, raised from the dead. And when people come, they want to look at my life. They want to look at your life because Jesus lives inside of you. Jesus lives inside of you. Psalm 55 verse 10 and 11. God speaking about his word. And I'm going to paraphrase. You can read that. But God says, when the rain comes down from heaven, I'm going to read it because it's very important, okay? Listen to this. I didn't understand this before. This is very important. He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but waters the earth. And guess what the rain does? It makes the earth to bring forth birds that it may give seed to the sower. The word of God, when it comes to you, is to give you seed. If you're going to act on it, that's the sowing part of it. Amen? If you act on it, then you will reap a harvest. That's what he's saying here. The word of God is like that. He's not coming back to God without accomplishing what God wants. And But what does God want? It's for the word of God to create a seed in your life. Sometimes the seed is little, and you share a little word, and then you say, hmm, that's good. And then some other person says something, and they say, hmm, that's good. That's adding to what I already knew before. This is more. And then you read the word, and God speaks to you again. Hmm, this is good. And then before you know, you want to act on it. Amen? You just want to do something about it. The first thing you do is start talking about the word with people. And some may disagree with you, but you already know. The seed is forming. Amen? Before long, he's going to bird. And before long, there is fruit. Fruit, seed. For the sower. So we got the souls. And then he says, and bread for the, to the eater. God says that's the way his word will be. And in Jeremiah 1 verse 12, which is a scripture that really helped me years ago. God watches over his word. This is a difference to perform it. And, and when I read the scriptures years ago, I started thinking, okay, when you read the word of God and you begin to believe it, God's eyes are focused on you. He's thinking, uh, is he going to believe or is she going to believe this? How will they do with this? He's watching the word. Amen. The word is in your heart. And before long, he's watching you real closely because you are beginning to believe the word. And he says, that's true. I believe what God says. And then you begin to talk to people about it. And guess what? God confirms his word. 
he confirms his word. Because you believe it. What you don't believe, you can never speak. You only speak what you believe. When I see people talking about sickness, sickness all the time, guess what they do? They believe. They believe sickness more than they believe in their God. We don't talk sickness. If you're talking about failure, 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 my daughter failed, this one failed, that one failed, this one failed, my grandpa failed, grandma failed. Guess what's going on in your family? Failure! That's what you're speaking. That's what you've come to believe. It happened to mama, it's going to happen to me. No, God didn't say that. You can break the chain. And you can move on. And your kids can follow. You break that chain. Stop speaking those things and don't have to, You know, my wife and I, we got a word from the Lord. Don't even tell anybody. My family knew nothing was happening to me. Six months more. They didn't know. They saw me on television, what do you call it, uh, Facebook. They see me, but they can't tell I'm sick. They see me preaching. They see me preaching. And I told you this. I never mind what the devil was doing. I come in here in the morning sometimes in those days. I'm in serious pain. And I'm telling my wife, I don't know if I can go up there. Pray for me. But as soon as I get up here, hallelujah, something strikes me. And I feel good. No more pain. And then I can go through the world. But as soon as I leave and I get to my office, I wilt away. No kidding. <laughs> God was always there. Was always there. Because no reason to be afraid. My life is hidden in Him. Hallelujah. My life is hidden him. God says nothing is going to happen to you. Many times, you know, I have always, always related to, to Joseph. Let me tell you something. If you believe in something, you believe in a scripture, whatever it is, God's going to test you. How he's going to test you, I don't know. But they, jo- Joseph had a dream. He was going to be the leader. His brothers, even his father was bowing out to him in the dream. And I'm sure Joseph, he, understood, he, was, he could interpret dream. I'm sure he understood it. But what was the next thing? Did he go right up to the throne? Absolutely not. He went down, Father. And, oh God, hallelujah. Whew. God was training his hands for warfare. And I'm going to get to that scripture by the grace of God. God was training him. He had to go to the bottom. And all along was God's will. Many of us, we complain. Because we, don't, we are not at peace with what God is assigned to us. Joseph didn't complain. I don't think Potiphar even knew he had a family. Potiphar, he never said a word. Before we know, we are calling everybody. And guess what? You call the wrong person, you both will get into a pity party. <laughs> Why is this happening to me? I trust God. Why did God allow this? And guess who is there with you? And Satan says, let's go on with this business. It's good. This party is getting really good. Gooder and gooder. And then, before you know, you are so depressed. You were not crying before. You were kind of a little bit happy. But as soon as you start speaking about this negative thing that you think God has allowed, guess what you do? <laughs> you start crying. The emotions take over. The emotions take over. I prefer not to even say anything. Amen? Let's go through. Because God's with me. God's with me. The Bible says, if God, Romans chapter 8, if God be for me, thank you so much. Who can be against me? Who? And what in the world? God is on my side. Who is going to be against me? We don't, we see those scriptures and we don't, we don't take it to heart. 
we say things like, how nice. But you don't believe it. That if God is on my side, what do you have to do to have God on your side? Like Karen said, just repent of anything that's wrong. Amen? God, I'm sorry. And now I got God on my side and you call the devil. Are you still there? You want to fight? And then you show him your muscles like something. You know what they mean. And Satan says, can we settle this matter another way? Do we have to really fight? I'll leave you alone. Okay? He flees from you. Because God is on your side. Isaiah 54 verse 17. A scripture that you all know. We're not talking of atomic bombs here. No weapon formed against you will prosper. He didn't say there will be no weapon formed against you. Hello. There's going to be weapons formed against you. Satan is planning against your life. But thank God, God is planning also for your life. For the good life that he came to give. So got two people planning. One is much bigger than the other. Greater. He says, says, no weapon that they dream about, and we're not talking about atomic bombs. We're talking about things coming against your family, against your finances, against your relationship with God, going to church and all of those things. That's what the enemy is after. He wants to steal your faith. You know why? That's why it's called a fight of faith. All of these things that happens to you, negative things, whatever you call it, they are designed by the enemy to steal your trust in God's word. But if you refuse, glory is coming your way. Great glory is coming your way. If you, if you refuse to listen to the enemy, you say, I know what, just like Jesus did, it is written. It is written. You know the word. Jesus whipped Satan with the word. Whipped him real good. By telling him, putting the sword in his throat. Here you go. Because the Bible says the word of God is your sword. Amen. So Satan says, speak his little stuff. And God gives him the sword. And he's quiet. He says, let's go to the next one. And he gets up. After a while, he says, I'm going to leave you for a while. I'm really tired now. I can't do this anymore. Hallelujah. That's what God has called us to be. Soldiers. Totally unafraid. Paul wasn't afraid of anything. Daniel wasn't afraid of the lions. I need to go back to the world. Yes. He says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you must condemn. What does that say? I don't like people talking. That's why one of the reasons after, uh, you know, I got sick, God impressed on both of us separately. Don't let people know. You know what they'll be saying? Pastor Goodluck is dying. <laughs> and they, they text their friends. And they discuss the matter. Oh, God, please save him. <laughs> you know what they believe? He's going to die. <laughs> He's going to die. So we don't tell anybody. We kept it to ourselves. Won't tell my family because they get so crazy. He's dying. And they call everybody. I don't want that after my name. Amen. I'm going to live. No one can take my life till everything I've done is completed. What God has given to me is completed here. You can't take my life by the grace of God, by his mercy. And because of his faithfulness, he is faithful to the core. I may be unfaithful, but God remains faithful. And I believe his word and the world can hold me. The world can hold me. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that speaks against you, you must condemn. That's why everything that is said about you, 
Cancel them. How do you cancel them? Just reject them with your words. Because they spoke words. Words are the most matter. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so, when you speak death to me, I reject death and I choose life. God says, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Hey, say with me. I choose life. You don't sound convincing. I choose life. Hallelujah. I choose life. I choose life. Until my time comes, when I'm ready to go, that's when I die. Amen. Amen. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the heritage. This is your inheritance. What is the inheritance? No weapon formed against you will prosper. They bring the weapon. It fails. They throw the atomic bomb. After the bomb goes off, you're still standing. You say, how did this happen? Because no, God has already spoken it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Let them plan. Let them design. Let them speak. But it will never work. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me. You can't fight what God has given. Hey, I know it's kind of different. But can you say with me, I am righteous. Convincingly now, I am righteous. You know why? Jesus gave you his own righteousness. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats that. And that's what the Bible said. Jesus gave you his own righteousness. You don't have any. I didn't have any. You know, like I say, some people say, uh, you have to clean yourself first so that the Holy Spirit will come in. Really? (laughs) What makes you holy? When the Holy Spirit comes in, that's when you're going to be holy. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't be. It's called Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Because you can't be holy on your own, no matter how hard you try. But when it comes into you, the sinner is the one that needs the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to come on the one who is failing. And is in sin, so that they can have the power. You know this one I say about something? You notice, he's like every other man. People used to think he has a big muscle. If he had big, big muscle and very athletic, nobody would be asking, where does his power come from? Who's going to be asking? He says, where does your power come from? Then he shows you his muscles. Well, I don't have that much, okay? And they would say, we understand. But he didn't have muscles. So they were wondering, how is this skinny guy able to do all of this stuff? Lift up a whole gate. Who does that? We need to find out the secret of his power. You are like Samson. When Satan comes against you, you rise. And the Holy Spirit comes from you. And the devil says, this is trouble. Hallelujah. This is trouble. Because you believe God. No weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon. And you know that scripture, Psalm 23, verse 4 and 5. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. When you fear, you have doubted that God is with you. You are in the land of unbelief and you are going to sink. Sorry. Peter sunk, right? Right after walking on water for a while. Yes. Once you enter into the region of unbelief, for whatever reason, whatever circumstances Satan has presented to you and made it real for you, and you believe it, guess what? Peter looked at the waves, and he felt the wind, and he doubted the word of Jesus. He began to think. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what does he say? God will make me not to fear evil. No. You know God is with you. For that reason, even though you are in the region of death, you have no reason to be afraid because God is with you. 
that should settle it. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, the word of God, the Holy Spirit, they bring me comfort so that I don't have to be afraid of anybody. I can do it. I just walk through it. And the Bible says, you see, every time you go through those troubles, on the other side, God has prepared the table. Amen? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. They just stand around while I enjoy myself in the presence of God. Amen. This is the scripture, Psalm 144, verse 1. He said, Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Who is your rock? The Lord is your rock. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. Who what? Trains my hands for woe. He trains your hands for woe. And my fingers for battle. Every time you are going through difficulty, you are in training. Because God will not allow you to go through what you cannot handle. He gives you training. And it's a test. If you are in elementary school, at the end of the semester, you got to pass a test. Otherwise, you are not going to be promoted. Many of us want to be promoted, but don't want to take the test. And then the test comes, we ask, why? Well, you have to take a test if you need to be promoted. It's like that. When you believe God will put something, allow something, the enemy comes at you. You know, God almost tested Job. He allowed it, right? But he knew the guy could handle it, right? He boasted. <laughs> I said, God, please don't boast about me like that before this. Because <laughs> I don't want to go through that, okay? Please, uh, just let it keep it cool. Don't speak to the devil about me. Leave him alone. <laughs> You're afraid of the devil, right? You're afraid. And that's what, <laughs> what I fear the most has come to me. Because you're afraid. But God was confident. But Job wasn't as confident. God was confident he could handle it. And he'll come back better. You know, something I was telling my wife. Many times we quote things that Job said. <laughs> but in uh, the last chapters, beginning from verse tw- uh, chapter 28, God said to Job, Who is this that darkens knowledge with words without wisdom. So everything Job was saying and complaining, they were words without wisdom. And every time you complain and are speaking, guess what you're doing? You're speaking words without wisdom. But he passed the test. He never rejected his God. And guess what? The latter part was greater than the beginning. Amen? Say it this way. No matter what you're going through, God's trying to promote you. If you complain and you are bitter and you hate the people that put you in that situation, I should have risen to this place if not for this man. I hate your gods. You're going to stay gods there. You're going nowhere. But if you pray for your enemies, my word, you pray for your enemies, and you talk to God about your life. God, I don't know what you're doing, but thank you. I believe you have something better for me. Guess what? When it comes, it's a miracle. And you become the envy. Amen? The envy of your friends. They talked bad about you before, but they're all back again being friends because they need a little from you. Amen. God wants to bless you. Can I hear an amen? amen? God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. We have no reason to be afraid. I want to close 
with this verse, Psalm 43, verse 2. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames cause you. Amen. You know, everything that you read there, God has already done. When God talks about the waters, he was talking about the Red Sea. They went through the Red Sea. God saying, I can do the same thing for you today. They went through the Red Sea. And when he talked about the rivers, they passed through the Jordan. Remember? That was a river, River Jordan. God parted it. Just like he parted the Red Sea, he did the same thing again. That's what God does. They will never overflow you. But then when you pass through the water, fire, fire. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yes, they were in the fire. God saying, I will do exactly the same for you. He didn't put about uh, Daniel in the lion's dead. But you can see, amazing that. Every time those things happen to you, whenever you come out from it, guess what? Just like with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after they came, they were promoted. They passed through the fire. Notice, passed through the fire. They didn't camp in the fire. God made them to pass through. Pass through. Whenever you go through these things and it's over, Daniel, after the lion's den, <laughs> I'm sure everybody respected him. That's what it is. Joseph. David, difficult times. At the end, all the way to the top. Amen? That's your portion in Jesus' name. That's your portion in Jesus' name. Every one of us at the Ark Fellowship will be the envy of those around us. Amen? Would you stand up, please? Hallelujah. God gets the glory. And I need you to believe this. Because I believe it's going to happen. You know how I know? I already have two dollars for my 40 million dollars. And I'm going to get that money. God's going to show us how to get it. I'm not going to be looking at anybody. I'm just going to trust God that we're going to have that 40 million and many of us will be doing ministry. Amen? Amen. Pastor Larry, please come up. I need you to help me reach those. Make them commit to God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Great message. There are those out there here that may not know about the peace that God brings. Because it only comes to those who are in Christ Jesus. And as I was sitting there, as Pastor was doing the message, I thought about all of the people from other faiths, because there are many different faiths that are represented, in our, even here in our body, that you were raised differently than you are right now. Good job today. Good job. He needs to turn his mic on. Okay. But it's important for us to realize. That many commitments that we made many, many, many years ago, we were not walking in the light of God's Word. And we didn't turn from our evil ways. We said the words, but our lives didn't change. Karen would mention in the, in the lesson this morning about outward sins and then inward sins. The outward sins are the ones we commit. The inward sins are the ones of the, of the heart that we would commit if it wasn't for it's just sin is reigning there. 
But God said for us to separate ourselves from sin. When we accept Jesus Christ, there must be a change in our life. Our life has to change from what it was to what it is going to become in Christ Jesus. We must put away sin in our lives. Separate it from us. It's not something we just add Christ to a life and our life stays the same. A life that stays the same hasn't changed. And every sin hurts us, even as Christians, because every sin has consequences. And when we do sins, God forgives us, but many times that sin causes us consequences. And then we beg God to get us out of the consequence that we put ourselves in. Not, there can't be just a change of our minds in one way, but it has to be a change of heart. It has to be changed. But if you're here this morning, and maybe you're one of those that you maybe made a confession of faith, but you haven't really stepped up to changing your life and making it what you want to, or you're out there, and you made some commitment maybe years ago as a child, but you've never been born again. You may be born of water in the sense that you were born naturally, but you've never had that spiritual birth of being born again. You can have that today before you leave here or before you get off of this broadcast. So the Lord is here today to save us from all of that, but we must choose to separate ourselves from the world and separate ourselves to God. So if you're here or if you're out there and you would like to accept Jesus Christ, we're going to pray a prayer this morning that if you meet it from the bottom of your heart, you're willing to turn your back on Satan and turn your face toward God. If you say these words from the bottom of your heart, it's not just the words, it's the attitude that comes from the heart that changes. Because God doesn't look at us, He looks at our heart. Everybody around you may hear the words, but God hears the heart. But if you would like to accept Jesus Christ, we want to give you that opportunity. We're going to repeat a prayer here, and we invite you to say that prayer wherever you are and accept Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head with me as we repeat this prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you with a sinner's heart. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I turn my back to the world. I turn my life towards you, Jesus. Lord, I know that you died on the cross for my sins. I know that you were raised from the dead. You presented your body for my sins to the Father. I receive you, Lord, into my life to be the Lord of my life. Control my life that I would be a servant to you. From this day forward, I thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I am born again of the Spirit of God and a new creature created in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I declare it. And everyone said, Amen. So be it. And may the Lord richly bless you here and out there. God bless you.